sometimes to get over someone, it needs to be your actions and your thoughts need to be intentional. You know, very yeah. intentional. Exactly. Intentional. Mm-hmm. I definitely do that. Okay. We should clap. I wish that like we could have used that in some way. I don't know Maybe how. Maybe if we clap now, you think you can align it backwards? Yeah. Um, how can we connect this? Because I have a good story, but it won't connect to like, um, being eldest, whatever the daughter thing, but a good story about that, like like trying to get over people and stuff. Say it. We'll see where it goes. Um, no, I was going to say like, I have only had to be intentional about my memories and my thoughts about someone one time and it wasn't even like a real relationship it was like you know who I'm talking about and it was just like I it's a weird thing to like cut someone out of your life yeah right and for me to feel better about that I hate doing that is I had to kind of like criminalize him in a way granted he did deserve to be criminalized. <laughs> but it feels forced. It feels it feels forced because I was tricked, kind of like how you were tricked. Mm-hmm. And I was dating like a now I realize is like a narcissist. And I don't know how I didn't realize it, but trying to like reteach myself what actually happened in that situation and realize like, no, that wasn't a nice thing or like, it wasn't my fault. It was a trick. I got manipulated into thinking that way. And I need to remind myself, like, that's not right. It's not okay that this happened to me. And I should be mad. Like, it should be. It should make me mad that someone could treat me. Like, someone I thought really cared about me for a really long time uh, would feel like they could, like, step all over me and stuff. Um, but... <laughs> The reason I wanted, I thought it was relevant is because um, it's a situation I got into. Oh, because of what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Hi, this is Janice. My name is Emily. And this is Four Years Later where... We talk about the unglamorous parts about being in our mid-20s as Asian American women all four years after college. So we're going to do a different take today, and we are going to talk about raving. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Really excited for you to hear, Mm -hmm. Um, and for all the friends that have ever seen us rave, please... Please let us know what we're like. Yes. Oh, or Appar- don't. I don't know. <laughs> no, apparently Emily doesn't remember. So if you do remember, let Emily, let me know. I would, I'm so curious. Maybe. And, and also, at the very end, we kind of talk a little bit about how we got into raving and how maybe being the eldest in our families has influenced some of these decisions. <laughs> Um, in an environment like where you're just having fun and you're dancing and it's like everything else falls away and nothing matters. It's so freeing. There's like music blasting. You're outside among so many other people that love the same music that you do. 
And it's people that are just like friendly. Yeah, everyone's too. so everyone's nice in that in love like mindset mm-hmm. where you know I think it is easy. Like mm-hmm. if I was in a rom com, yeah, I would of course buy into it. I'm like, yes, yes. Um, he's gonna come and like swoop me away. He's gonna fight for me. He's gonna fly back. He's yeah. gonna, gonna, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally, I totally get that. And I think what you said about. Um, reteaching yourself about what actually happened is like really important because like in a festival setting Mm -hmm. it is very much like a magical fairy tale land where everyone's prancing around yeah but that's not reality yeah right as shitty as it is to think that it's not reality and reality is like work and conflicts and obstacles and challenges and a lot of emotions and Mm -hmm. confrontations and you need somebody that can stick with you through all of that Mm -hmm. and be selfless to a point where they also care about the things that you're going through. Right. Mm -hmm. And like have enough emotional capacity for the two of you. Yeah. Not always, Mm -hmm. but when it's needed. And I think because of the way that this all started, and if you haven't caught on, I'm talking about going to a rave (laughs) is that like, all of that fun stuff like that makes the environment so dreamlike and like um, just surreal. The things you're talking about that are so, so important take a backseat and yes. you get like blinded by the environment that you're in. And then even after you leave the festival, your state of mind sort of still remembers those memories with like rose colored glass, right? It yeah. just looks so I don't even know how to describe it. I think it's because then we go back to the, oh, if like the world just wasn't like this, we'd be perfect together. The potential. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I was living off of the potential of this person. And I think also it was basing so much of the relationship, the situationship off purely based off of being at the festival being there and remembering how that felt but you're like I am so myself here Mm -hmm. I'm a hundred percent me and Mm -hmm. he's a hundred percent him yes and so if we go back into this world that is crazy and chaotic we totally could work because why not because it did it did for a little bit yeah it did for like you know seven hours when nothing else mattered like you yeah. literally go to the bathroom in the porta potty like you're <laughs> everything is there you know what yes. I mean there's no struggles yeah and the biggest struggle was just like which set you wanted to see next yeah and where and how to get there mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think like the people listening and watching whatever like peg us as people that would go to raves and stuff does it look obvious I mean some people in our lives always call us like abgs mm. which I I, my personal definition of that is kind of like associating it with a rave. With a rave. Um, Do you get that a lot? Do people be like, oh, you're an ABG? Not really okay. until these TikTok lives. Oh, I okay. get like, but now I'm more conscious of it because mm-hmm. everyone always asks me like, what kind of music do you like? Yes. And I feel like if I say EDM, yeah. that's what I'm going to be known for. Yeah, I agree. Or associated with. Like, what is your definition of an EBG? I think it's just, like, raving. Okay, that's, like, immediately what you think yes. of. Okay. Raving and the outfits. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I associate EBGs with, like, fake lashes. Yes, yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Um, which 
for the life of me, I can't put on. Like, I end up stabbing my eye, gluing mm. my eyes shut. It just, like, doesn't it's work. It's a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. really honestly impressive that, like, people can do it just like this. Like, look in the mirror and put on. I just... I need, like, to mm-hmm. give myself two hours to do that. Well, especially if AB, if Asian girls are doing it, like, okay, monolid, how the hell are you putting that shit on? <laughs> like, there's nothing there. <laughs> like, it's, like, getting stuck. I don't – don't ask me. I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know either. I struggled a lot whenever I would go to festivals. Like, I always wanted to wear lashes too, but it was – it took – it was – gave me so much anxiety because yeah. I was, like – I'm going to fuck up. I'm going to do really good on one eye and then totally lose my mind on the other. And it's going to be horrible. But I did it. I did it for every festival I went to. That's dedication. Yeah. And I went to a lot of festivals in my day. I only did it this year. Oh, for... But my friends helped me. I didn't even do it. Oh, see, that's why I would almost rather just pay to get lash extensions, which I did for a while but they're apparently so bad for your eyes yeah they are really bad for your eyes why what happened because they glue them like to your lash line and they stick to your other lashes and it like it helps other lashes fall out faster so i lost a lot of lashes (gasps) when i did it and then now they're growing back yeah now they're going back now it's a lot better now but before i would be getting my lashes done like every four weeks four or five weeks that's also probably just adding up it's expensive. I did go to a little place in Alhambra, which, like, it was cheaper. I don't remember how much it used to cost, but, but it was I expensive. But I feel like you can't, um, what is it, like, save on that? Because then what if they use bad quality glue yes, or something? Yes, and you need to go to, like, a good place. Yeah, so I think lashes was for sure a big thing. I think before I started raving, I used to think ABGs were, I don't know, just, like, Definitely looked more Asian American than like Asian to me, like on first glance. Yeah. But after I started raving a lot more, I I definitely associated it with raving too. Like, did you ever see on? Are you in the subtle Asian ravers Facebook group? Yes. Okay. Wait. No. Subtle Asian. I'm in traits. the subtle. Yeah. Tra- that one. There's in, there's a subtle Asian ravers. I didn't even group, know that was a thing. And I see these memes of like ABG starter packs and stuff, and then you see like the really big hoop earring, like the oh. bottles of Hennessy. Wait, Hennessy. Like ABGs love drinking Hennessy. I did not know that. I think. And um, trying to think, but like in the past, I've heard calling someone ABG can be like kind of like controversial because there's a whole history of like what ABGs used to be known for and like trying to associate with this like new definition of an ABG mm-hmm. can be offensive to someone that I don't really understand it. Oh, honestly. I don't understand. That's why but. I don't think like I can call myself one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also don't rave that much. <laughs> why do you look at me like that? How, okay, wait, wait, wait. Like, I guess. How do you define a rave? Like, I would define a rave as anything that has like. Okay, what would you do? What would you define it as a rave, I guess? I guess my question to you is, would you define Coachella as a rave? No, I wouldn't. Okay, I see, think, so I, then I don't rave. But I think Coachella is just on its own league. Like, Coachella is just, like, anyone goes to Coachella. But I have never gone to, like, a singular EDM concert. It's always oh. been... The only festivals I've gone to are Coachella, Life is Beautiful once, and then EDC once. EDC. 
Yeah, EDC is totally a rave. I will admit the that. The ultimate rave. I only went this year, and that is the only year I went. And I only went for two days mm-hmm. because I couldn't freaking last three. I have been to a lot of, like, EDM raves. A lot. I couldn't even list out every single one that I've yes, ever been you can. to. Okay, I can tell you the names of the festivals, but, like, not how many times of each I've been to. Okay. So, like, I've been to, like, Countdown, New Year's Eve. Uh-huh. I think I've, I've been to Escape. Um, I've been to, oh my God, there's a bunch of like little shows too that I've gone to that aren't really raves, but I'm trying to think of like the big, oh, um, what's the one in the summer that everyone goes to in like August? Um, hard. Hard summer. I went to hard oh, summer. Oh wait, I went once. Oh, okay, I went to that okay, one okay. I also went to Snow Globe once. Oh, I've always wanted to go to Snow Globe. It's that's really cool. Really, yeah, that's true. Um, do you... Like, in a nutshell, how would you describe your EDM, like, music taste? Like, who are your top um, DJs? Oh, I don't know. I used to really love Dylan Francis. Mm. I think he's good sometimes. The thing about me now is not, like, who's playing, but what kind of music they're playing. And I oh, feel like Dylan okay. Francis kind of evolved his music, so it's really hard. But, like, people like that. Okay. Um, you, okay, I need. Okay, do you know Big Gigantic? Yes, I love Big Gigantic. I love Big Gigantic, but yeah. when they play with Nightmare, like they're oh, the Gigantic, Gigantic Nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> I hate love that we them. know that. I love them. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Louis the Child is like fun live, but not listening like to them. Not in their new stuff for me. Yeah, exactly. Their old stuff I really like. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I have the cringiest, like, preferences. Ooh. I would say probably, like, one of my top favorite, I guess, artists, DJs? Yeah, DJs. DJs. Is Elenium. Oh, my God. I know. Do you cry, Emily? I, I think you cry. I've never cried at a show, but I really, really loved his stuff. Like, really. Like, it, he was probably my favorite. And then when I did see him at Staples Center alone, I've seen him in, like, big raves and stuff yeah. but no, when I went to his like solo um show I didn't I don't remember it unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of my biggest regrets and I also went to see my other you love Odessa right yeah I love them I saw Odessa at um LA Historic Park <gasps> when they came that must have been incredible wouldn't know because I don't freaking remember it <laughs> I remember seeing oh them at Coachella with the drones and it was sick I'm so jealous no, I was there, but, you know, it's just gone. I think my music um, taste has evolved a little bit now, mm. though, because now I like things that are a little bit more, like, housey, mm. um, which I don't think you like as much. So. I normally like whatever you play, though. Janice is very good at making playlists, I so <laughs> I do I do enjoy those. It's something I'm recently trying to, like, pick up on, mm. but I think um, – one artist or like yellow claw they oh have, they yeah, have an, yeah um alternative alternate persona whatever another persona mm-hmm. which is euro trash and i oh. love euro trash like i haven't gone into them yeah i know but i sent you a song you're like i don't know yeah i didn't I really like, like them um yeah so now the music i like is a little bit more along those lines mm-hmm. like there's a lot of bass and it's yeah. like very housey at the same time but there's words to it because mm-hmm, i feel mm-hmm. like house is a lot like when i think of house i think of fred again and 
I could do that for one song, maybe two. Uh But afterwards, I'm like, I'm too much in a trance. Like, I need to get out. I need to dance. I need to sing. So is house more, like, hard? I think house is more soft. I I actually don't understand. So, like, it is softer. I'm trying to think of someone that's house, but I can't. Like, I... So you're, are you saying, like, your music taste has gone from, like, like you liked harder things and now you're kind of, like, toning down? No. So, like, the the way I think about it is, like, Dylan Francis, all those people are more, like, the EDM mainstream. starter pack. Mainstream. Okay. And then there's, like, the new stuff that I play you, which is, like, Eurotrash. Okay. Which is more, like, there's bass and there's beats, uh-huh. but... It's not like you're singing an actual song. Oh, okay. Do you know what I, I mean? See, I see, it's I not see. like closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no lyrics, no melody. Or like even if there are lyrics, it's like, uh-huh. I don't really know how to say it. Mm. <sighs> Someone help me. Okay. It, I know, it, I, I think I know what you're saying. Like, <laughs> but in general, I think it went from like, like you said, more mainstream music to like, not something in your top As 100. I grow old, my taste has been aging well, I think. So this is my theory that we've kind of touched on like before the pod, but my taste was similar. It went super, super mainstream. My first show was Zed, and I absolutely, I mean, it was the start to my demise. Uh, <laughs> but I forgot about Zed. I loved Zed. I know. Oh my God. But anyways, so I started with Zed, and then I ended up liking a lot more harder things that yeah. I would have never liked like Nightmare. Before. Like Nightmare. I loved Nightmare. I loved like Arl Grime. I loved all that stuff. And I feel like it's so interesting because as we all know, so many Asian people go Always. to yeah. raves, right? Like it's very heavily concentrated with Asians. And I really feel like we as Asian people grew up in highly restrictive environments with tiger moms and rules and all these things growing up um but specifically (laughs) I feel like there is an oldest Asian daughter to Asian rave girl pipeline which I just learned about but I think it's slowly starting to grow on me your theory we're we're on the we were on the pipeline like we went we were oldest Asian daughter we had all these responsibilities and things we need to do for our families and when we got to college, it was like, woohoo, like, let's break free and, like, Unlock. let loose. Yeah. And I think that that phenomenon happens all the time for so many Asian people. And they discover this, you know, environment where you can be yourself and everyone's really happy and you just dance the night away. Do you think that most Asians that go to these raves Mm -hmm. then are eldest the eldest in the family not necessarily I think most people are probably just like just like Asian in general we should set a survey where we go to a rave and we ask everyone who is the oldest yeah or if they're the oldest if they're the the oldest or like what yeah what their role is growing up because sometimes being the youngest you can still end up like taking a lot of responsibility depending you're right but I think so this idea of like the Asian raver mm-hmm. um w- who is also the eldest in an mm-hmm. Asian household totally makes sense because that is I mean I'm the eldest in the family and I'm the eldest in my family and whether 
like your parents put this expectation on you or you mm-hmm. put it on yourself. It's a lot about being the best role model, right? Yes. Never failing, mm-hmm. always succeeding, getting the into example. the best school, getting into the best job, yeah. having the highest paid job, mm-hmm. like all these things so that you can lead um, your siblings mm-hmm. and help them and guide them to be mm-hmm. like as successful yes. as you. Yeah, I agree. I also think it has so much to do with like, when you when you're looking at it from the lens of the Asian parent and you're the firstborn, they're trying to get everything right. They don't want to mess up. So there's this extra extra pressure on you from them um, to see you succeed because you're the first. And then when it comes to your siblings, as I'm sure you understand, rules get a little looser around the house. There's not as much of an expectation for them, but like there's always something, you know, a light shining down on you yeah. to, get, to get it right. And if you're in trouble, even mm-hmm. if you're not present in the room, mm-hmm. it's your fault as the eldest. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, this comes from, so I don't know about like specifically about any other culture, but in Chinese culture, the eldest is always the one that takes care of the family mm. and the one that like the eldest male carries the last name down. Oh, right. Okay, because okay. like when a girl gets married, you're mm-hmm. supposed to change your last name. But for a guy, right. the girl takes the guy's last name mm-hmm. for an Asian daughter, like the eldest one, you're always going to be the one that like is sacrificing yourself to take care of your parents to mm-hmm. like help your ki- your help your kids, help your siblings. Yeah. And who are kind of like your kids sometimes. Like sometimes I am the third parent, Mm -hmm. especially if my parents are like back in Asia and I'm here and my siblings are here. Yeah. And so we talked about this before too, where when you're living at home, Mm -hmm. you used to have to like have an allowance of when you can ask to go out. Right. And Mm -hmm. then your parents are like, where are you going? What are you doing? Who are you going with? It Mm -hmm. still happens to me now. Oh my gosh. Wow. At 26. Uh-huh. But I think that kind of environment does, like, n- create this need for me to have an outlet mm-hmm. to, like, go insane. Yeah. Oh, I felt the same way. I think we had a similar thing growing up being older, the oldest daughters or the oldest in the family. And I I really resonated with what you were saying about, especially about going to the best school and like getting the best grades. And I, and I think it really does come down to like, you really want to set that standard for your family because you are the first one. I think it's really changed for me over the years because when my parents died, like it truly became like I was stepping into this very much parental role. I don't think it's like, too crazy I mean the fact is like me and my sister were only two years apart but so like and we're both getting older so there's not as much responsibility but I'm starting to like recall back in high school when we were growing up and the way that my mom interacted with me was definitely on more of like an adult level like the yeah. conversations that we would have would be very different than the conversations that her and my sister would have and I got an, a window more into like the burden that she carried as a parent and I got to kind of see like her struggles. And so I know she was, I don't resent her for any of that, but it does put me in a different position. Yeah. Right. You had to grow up faster. Really fast. And I think as the eldest, Mm -hmm. you are somebody that always needs to plan ahead, like five steps ahead. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there's no other place except maybe like a festival. Mm hmm 
where you can just live in the present mm-hmm. and like there's no other distractions and just like be who you are. You don't have to care about what happens next. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I liked about it. That's what I love about it is, yeah, like you, you're in a place where like, I don't know, there's nothing that you have to worry about afterwards. You know what I mean? Do you know I, what I mean? No, I get it. I am scared though that like when my sister asks if she can go to a concert with me or a festival with me, like Coachella, I'm like, um, oh, you have to like let. Because How can then you I let... have to act all like proper. Yeah, or, you yeah, know, yeah. Or it's just going to be awkward. I don't know what her thoughts are on this. That's kind of how I felt when my sister came to a party that I hosted at UCLA for my friends. And of course she was going to come with me, but it was a same, it wasn't a rave or anything, but it was like a similar vibe of like, okay, wait, I need to not drink that much. Tonight. But then I hate that because I yeah. feel constricted. I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then my friends are going to think I'm weird or mm-hmm. different or off. Right, right. Like, hey, you act different when your sister's here like what's going on and then you're and then and then your sister is going to be like you're acting different because your friends are here what's going on and then is she going to tell my parents like oh my god you just let it slip one time we're having all we're all having lunch like Mm -hmm. oh my god janice like when she goes out she's crazy yeah it's almost like embarrassing kind of because (laughs) you're like I'm like a different person when I hang out with different people like, or not different people. I'm a different person when I'm with my family and I'm a different person when I'm with my friends. Oh, and I don't want to them be. to know like <laughs> this other side of me. Okay. So then what is like something that you are scared your sister is going to find out about or like a crazy story that could change everyone's perception of you? <laughs> I think sometimes in my raving history, I've... I've gone a little out of control, Jan. <laughs> like to the point where I don't know this version of you. I I left this version back in I like 2019. I love how we are b- both talking about how hard we party or whatever, or how hard we rave. But really, Emily raves, and I am like, <laughs> yay! <laughs> and it's always been like that. Yeah. Okay, but I, I'm more like yay nowadays. But You're now she's like yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 So. We, me and my friends are in Vegas and like years ago, three years ago or so. And, um, as basic as it is, like we wanted to see chain smokers because <laughs> for as many shows as we had gone to, we never saw them. And it was just like, oh, come on. It's like a rite of passage. Like you oh kind of God. have to go insert closer here. I needed, I needed to hear roses live. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah. So, so we went, I think it was excess and it was at night. I think yeah. Swim. Yeah. yeah. Swim. And so. I don't know what was going on with me. I just like decided not to drink water that day. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was in Vegas. I'm really innocent. Yeah. So I didn't drink water all day long and had a good time, you know? And so then I went in and I could feel myself like something was wrong. And me and my friend got to the bar at Excess. Yeah. And I was like, something is like really, really wrong. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I tried to tell him something was wrong, and I was like, I think I need some water. So we went to the bar to get water, but it was, like, too late. And I fainted. My head hit the ground. And he was so busy trying to, like, flirt with this girl at the bar. He didn't see me fall. His priorities are messed up. So messed up. Holy crap. So I fell, and then, like, I was so embarrassed. And I was like, I have to, like, 
get my shit together. And Wait, to, excuse me. You fainted. I got you up. You fell. But then you realized that you fainted and fell? I realized it happened. And then I was like, I need to get up. And I need to, like, figure this out. <laughs> so I got up. And I'm like, I'm cool. I'm cool. No Nobody saw, saw that? No. Someone saw me. And I fainted again. And then... And then people came, like, come with us. And I had to go to the med tent. Med tent in the nightclub? In the Where's nightclub. Where's the no- med tent? It's not even a room. It's a med it was tent? Like a, it was, like, a room. I don't – it was somewhere. And I, I was blind. I couldn't see. Did they carry you out? I needed help because I couldn't see. <gasps> so, like, they were, like, helping me get – and, like, my I knew my friend was really mad because we still had not seen the chainsaw. <laughs> And he didn't get the girl's number or and something. Yeah, exactly. So then we we went and I sat down and they're like, you need to walk in a straight line. So I did the little walk thing. I'm like, can I please go back inside? They're like, no. Like, you just fainted twice. Like, you need to go home. What, did you try to tell them that you're dehydrated and you didn't drink anything? I didn't think, I didn't, I don't think it hit me that I like really needed water quite yet. And then we went back to the hotel and everything. And I was like, I'm just going to like relax like I need to just chill out so yeah that's a very very embarrassing story that I really need my (laughs) sister to not (laughs) not Uh yeah I hate when something like when you fall right Mm. and then you're like I'm embarrassed I don't want other people to see what just happened to me but really you do need help you know I really needed help like when somebody (laughs) when someone hits like if there's a soccer ball that ends up in your stomach. Yeah, it's so like embarrassing. Pain, you're like, but I'm embarrassed. Like, I'm going to walk it off. But yeah. <laughs> it was like the other night we were coming home from dinner and I ran into the door. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> we were walking into my building and like I opened the door for you and I like absolutely Wait, like ran into the door. I noticed that. Yeah, and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, okay, I'm cool. I'm cool. But I, it hurt so I bad. you were okay. I know. And I was like, I'm fine, Janice. You get like, embarrassed. Janice, shut <laughs> up. Like, I'm fine. Really, the glass was like going to shatter. It hurt so <laughs> bad. But that's kind of how it fell at the club. I was like, no one look at me. Like, I'm at the Chainsmokers concert and I just fainted twice. Like, it was so bad. <laughs> When you care more about what other people think than, like, what you actually need. Story of my life. (laughs) Absolutely, that's me. (laughs) Um, Okay, so then what do you think our siblings look like when they're out there? Okay. Honestly, like, I'm so jealous sometimes because I'm like, you guys just have it so good. You can do whatever you want. And there's no, you live in a rave like every day. Like I only get, you know. I only get the actual rave. Yeah, I know. Like every day for them, it's just like, I don't, in my eyes, it feels like they have a lot more, a lot less to lose, I guess. What do you think? I don't know. Sometimes I do wonder that Mm -hmm. because of all the siblings, I I have a brother and a sister. Mm -hmm. I feel like I go out the most. Like I talk Mm -hmm. about going to Coachella and all these festivals. My siblings have, my sister has only gone to like Outside Lands and Vlognog. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother hasn't even gone to one yet. And it's weird because my brother is like the baby of the family right. as the youngest. And you can totally feel the baby vibes, right? right? It's like, oh, like he doesn't have to plan this. He doesn't have to help you with this. I'll do it. I'll mm-hmm. do it. I'll do it. But then it's like when it's my turn, it's you do it. You do it. You do it. Yeah. But there's a lot of pressure on him too because of like, the pressure that I put on your siblings on, because on my siblings yeah. and on myself like 
okay, get the best job, get the whatever, whatever. Yeah. And now my parents are like, well, that's attainable and puts that pressure on my siblings. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit of both. Like I, okay. I get what you're saying about how maybe on the outside, it looks like you are more free and let loose, but I really do think it's all in the mentality of everything. Kind of how you said, Yeah. like it, at the end of the day, you're going to all these festivals, but you still have all of these like responsibilities and things in the back of your mind that you still have to do. And like the way you carry yourself and setting your, the example for your siblings, like that all still exists. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I agree with you about the whole every day is a rave for them. Like when I think about my sister, she's the middle child, which is the one that is like the most I would say stubborn, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, she's the oldest, but she, she's older. She can be the eldest, but then she can also be the youngest, right? She's right in the middle. She's a little bit of each. Yeah. Every day is a rave, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, (laughs) I agree. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, how you want to take the rave definition, but like Mm -hmm. in the house rave, like in the, yeah, there's no, there's, I think what it is actually, like when I think about my sister is there's not so much fear of consequence. Yes. It's very much living in the moment. And for doing us, what you want to do. do. And that's amazing. And I wish that I lived my I life agree. every day like that. I am very jealous of that. Yeah. But it's like, why can't. can't you just do what you want? Because, because I can't. Because I need whatever I do today uh, to match up with my plans in the next, like, five years. <laughs> <laughs> I need everything to work according to plans, you know? Yeah. And I need a space to let go. Mm-hmm. I can't just, like, let go whenever I want to. Yeah. Like, okay, so you would say eldest sibling type A. Totally. I'm a type A and because of my background in finance, mm -hmm. I'm more of a type A. Right. So then what about like the middle child? What would middle child be? I think the middle child is like weirdly type A, but also like, like type A to the youngest because if the middle child Mm. has to lead the youngest one. To an extent they're type A. Yes. But then also back to you, they're rebellious. Right, right, right. And then the youngest is just type B. It's just like no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah. That would align with how I, I don't want to diss my sister. I think there's obviously merit to being both. There's not like there's one way that needs to be better. Totally. But it is so interesting that we have these like sibling roles, you know, like, and, like the dynamics. The dynamics are very interesting. And yeah. I think what's really hard about being the middle child is that you probably have to fight for attention, right? Because yeah. you have the eldest and you have the youngest and then you're stuck you get in, lost the middle. in the middle. And that maybe is why they're more rebellious and they're like, I'm just going to do what I want because no one's watching me. Yeah, I need I need some, maybe if I do this, like someone will actually pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. So there definitely is that. And I think for the youngest, maybe they don't notice this, but mm-hmm. when you're being spoon fed. Right. Once you're released into the real world, mm-hmm. you have no it's idea over. what's going on and you, mm-hmm. you don't know how to help yourself. Yeah. Do you ever think about this when you're dating a guy? Like, I don't want to date the youngest. I want to date the oldest. Mm. I guess I haven't, but maybe I should have. Barry is the middle child, so. Oh, that explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Barry, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You know I love you, Barry. You know I love you. I, you know what? It's so funny because my family has asked me that question before. Like, I don't get middle child vibes from Barry, though. I think when you compare him to his siblings, you might see it. Mm. As a singular person, though, I never understood it. And then after I started meeting his brother, I'm like, okay, I see you are the older <laughs> brother. And then when I see his younger sister, I was like, who is absolutely babied. She is the queen of that family. Makes sense. Totally. And then I see the way that Barry like interacts with them. And I'm like, oh. 
you are so middle child. But I didn't know him in that capacity, so it never, like, really bothered me. Um, what about you? I have started to think about it. Like, the first guy that I dated, he was the youngest, mm -hmm. and I could immediately see it. Like, mm -hmm. he was the youngest by so many years. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he was, like, given free food and, like, oh. taken care of and all these things. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you're dating a guy that is the youngest child, mm -hmm. it's really like you could be book smart, but not life smart. Do you oh, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you mean. I get yeah, what you mean. I'm sure he can wash the dishes, but like, does he know that he needs to vacuum every week? Oh. Things like that. Like the little details. I don't know. I'm trying to think like in the past, I think they've all been the oldest. I, th I think that's kind of good. So here's my thing. Being the oldest, mm -hmm. I don't want to date. This is going to sound so like. Do it. Okay. Being the oldest, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to think that I want to date someone that's the youngest because then does that mean I have to take care of care them, of them. Too, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's something that I think we do unconsciously. Right, right, right. And, or subconsciously. Uh-huh. But then also I'm thinking about if I were dating the oldest, then mm -hmm. will we both be type A and fighting I know. for control? That's what I was thinking too. I think I do think about these themes, but I never think about it in the sense of like being which, which number sibling you are. I always think about it like their relationship with their parents more than anything. Mm. Because to me, I'm like, okay, you can be the youngest and like you can go into college. I went to college not knowing how to do laundry. My mom did all of my laundry for me. And like, I went to college and learned how to do laundry and then you leave and then you figure all this stuff out. And then that case, like, I don't know the labels of like where you lie in your family. It's different because you figure it out. Um, I always think about like, am I going to have to take care of you if you are super, super close to your mom? You know, if you're a mama's boy. Oh yeah. Like and that's how, like your red mom, flag. Yeah. Cause like if you're a mama's boy, that means that your mom's going to have a hard time letting you go too. Yeah. She's going to be jealous of you and mm -hmm. she's going to try to hurt that relationship. Right. Yeah. I think, I think about it more like, yeah, the, the relationship that you have with your parents, the life experience that you've had in general. Um, but so far, no, it's an interesting take though. Like, oh, I only want to date the oldest or I only want to date like, oh my God. But do you think about it with your friends? Mm. I will say, Interesting. I think when you're the only child, so obvious. Really? Only child is different than the youngest child. Yes, because, yes. Only I, child mm -hmm. is like spoon-fed, handheld, right. everything. And mm -hmm. it's like so hard to to understand like them, mm -hmm. but all, I can't even explain I'm it. trying to explain it to you because I have like my little cousin who's an only child and he is absolutely spoon fed and like everything I do, I would do anything for him. Oh my God. Um, but you're right. It's not youngest child either. Um, for me, the only thing I can think of is when we were growing up, my mom used to like really play into these roles, these sibling roles and stuff. And if they were the youngest sibling, she'd be like, oh, like they're going to be um, really good at A, B, and C because they had their older sibling to teach them how to do it. Or she would say like, oh, um, this person in your class is like young for their grade. So they maybe that's the reason why they're not very good at sharing and like things like that. Yes. But she would really play into like those roles. I think only child is like, because you don't have your siblings, you don't have any siblings. So mm -hmm. 
there's no like sharing element mm-hmm. involved yeah. or like teaching or learning mm-hmm. or like being led or following you know what I mean and right. so it's really hard and um I'm looking at like I'm thinking about my friend group right now I honestly feel like most of my friends are eldest in the family eldest middle youngest um no I have a mix I definitely have a mix, but like we all get along, but maybe it's kind of what you mentioned before, right? Like maybe the eldest and eldest isn't always the best match because you might go head to head, but maybe having like the mixed sibling thing like helps with my friendships. I don't know. What does it say about me? Maybe I'm too headstrong to be friends with like another eldest. But you're friends with me. True. That's true. So all your friends are the oldest? I think, not all, but like from just think no one is youngest but like from what I'm thinking of Mm -hmm. most of them are probably the eldest in the family interesting I think we're all just type a I was gonna say I'd be curious to see at at UCLA like how many of the students are like the oldest in their family or like what it is different for me because I think when you hang out with your friends it can only be for an hour or two so you can like survive the middle child, the only child, the whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a relationship with someone and you have yeah. to be with them 24/7, mm-hmm. you can't just like tolerate a person. Right, right, right. You have to figure out how to coexist together like yeah. for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Cuz friends can just spend an hour having a good time, mm-hmm. right? You don't mm-hmm. need to talk or think about other things. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's something you add to your dating checklist, like, oh, like, you're the youngest in your family. Anyways, thanks for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to us today. Follow us on social media at 4YearsLaterPod for more. Leave us a comment or review or both. We'd love to hear from you. My name is Janice. And my name is Emily. And we'll see you next time. Just Just hopefully not 4 years later. later.